Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 53 of the Green Suitors podcast. Daddy's back. We're, we're back. We're, we're back worse than ever. Mm-hmm. We got Jason, back. There's there's a fourth guest on this podcast, uh, and it's COVID. Jason, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. I uh, made it, what, two and a half, three years through this pandemic? Never got it. And then I got it. It's not that bad. Kind of a boss. I basically just punched COVID. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, no, came back, uh, came back from IWF and... Which is what? What's IWF? International Woodworking Fair. Yeah. Where's it located? In Atlanta. The largest largest trade show in America for woodworking and machinery. And it's large. That's for sure. But I came back with COVID, everybody. Like walked in the door and Nicole was like, Did, or what's wrong? Are you, you sick? Like, you look terrible. No, she said she could hear it in my voice. And I, I was like, honey, I've been, I've been walking around a, a show floor for, you know, three full days uh, or not three full days, but two and a half days, like talking all day long. And, you know, my, my voice is just kind of shot. It's like, you sound weird. And I'm like, yeah, well, um, should I take a test? And she was like, well, do you think you should? And I'm like, yeah. And I, I thought that I should because on the way home, I was getting really sore. Like I woke up in the morning, I was totally fine. Every day while I was there, I felt fantastic. Um, woke up in the morning, felt good, stopped by the old bagel joint, Sedge, brought home oh. six dozen bagels. Oh. Um, yeah, they're awesome too. Did how, did you have a sandwich too? I did. Yeah, I, I got the bagels and then oh. I sat down and had a sandwich and hit the road. But I'd say I got about like three or four hours into my trip and I started to get a little bit sore. And I'm like, man, what is going on? And I'm like, yeah. Hey, hang on one second. You only had one sandwich. Yeah. You only went there one time. And how many days were you down there? Uh, three. I, I, it just wasn't worth driving all the way up there in the morning. Oh my God. What? And when we go to work bench con, we're going to breakfast there every day. Yeah. <laughs> the traffic just getting back into Atlanta is so bad at that time, but, um, cool. but yeah, I got like three hours into the drive and I'm like, what is going on? I feel really sore. I just figured it was me sitting, you know, in the car for so long. And every time I stopped, I was like, man, I was stretching out. I'm like, okay, I feel okay. I get back in the car. I got home, started thinking about it, never even got to get up close to Max. Um, and I took a test, and literally like two minutes into the test, it was, it was positive. Ugh. So, you know, I told Nicole, I'm like, I don't like what this is uh, saying. And immediately, you know, I grabbed a mask, put the mask on. I mean, this is all a matter of, you know, being home for, I was probably home for 20, maybe 30 minutes. And grabbed my stuff, and I went down to the basement, and quarantine there that night, the next day, uh, and then Sunday morning, uh, Nicole's mom left. So since then, I've been up in the in the guest room and wearing the mask in the house. And but today, I feel I feel fine, just congested, which I'm sure people will be able to hear that. But um, yeah, it just sucks. It's the worst timing ever. Patrick and Michelle were supposed to come yesterday, and they had to shift that. And hopefully, we don't have to shift it again. But I'm on leave right now, so it's kind of, you know, works out good. Don't doesn't really affect anything else, but yeah, not fun. 
So. Well, we're glad you're on the up and up. Yeah, man. Glad you're on the mend. Just want to get get over this crap. Hmm. You know, you know what you should get over, Jason. The giveaway <gasps> for the month of September. Oh yeah, custom apron, leather by Dragonfly. In honor of episode fifty, uh, they're giving away a. Here we, here, here we are, three episodes later, everyone. The the party doesn't. Yeah. Stop. The party doesn't stop with us. A custom just keep going. leather apron this month is the giveaway. So they can sign up all month for this. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And that's at the Green Suitors Podcast.com. Green Suitors Podcast.com. Yep. Okay. Cool. Go there, enter um, all 50 states, and it's a custom apron if you want to add a bunch of bells and whistles to the already existing custom apron. You are going to have to pay for that, but it's like a 520 to $620 value depending on your size, if I remember correctly. But wow, great giveaway. So definitely Thank somebody. You. Thank you, Michelle and Patrick. Yeah, Michelle. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, Pat, maybe you're, if you're lucky, a, Patrick will throw in a mouse pad. When are we going to give away a mouse pad? I don't know. We should. Man. I think that should be a, a bonus giveaway. Yeah. Is an apron, and then they throw in a mouse pad. You're welcome. You're welcome, Leather by Dragonfly. We're just <laughs> <laughs> pimping you out for your giveaways. I mean, it's, I mean, it's only money, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So, anyway, that's uh that's what's going on with me. Are we going to do what we've been up to or you just want to get into my IWF experience? I mean, there's there's nothing really that that I've been up to. I just so. I just built a, a toe kick and a, a sis wall with sis AZ drawers in my uh I think I did 14 cabinets. Oh wow. And um I just f- did the toe kicks right before I got home and tonight I built two toe kicks and I bought those levelers that you adjust with a five millimeter. I love those things. So that's going to, I don't think I'm going to do a wall in front of the double door. I think I'm just going to attach it on the top of the header because that toe kick will bring it up there. So yeah, that's what I've been up to building cabinets and installing stuff. Nice. Are you having troubles getting skid marks out of your undies? Are you often left with open sores and rashes that won't go away because of detergent allergies? Do you wish that you had a better detergent to get rid of that Jason Bench stench coming from your armpits? Um, Hans, what are you talking about? I'm reading the ad for Bits Bits about our new Astra coated detergent. Hans, Bits Bits doesn't sell detergent. Well, I think they should. It's a huge untapped market. Let's just stick with the regular ad for now, Hans. Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suitors podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astra coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more. So, so Jason, for the uninitiated, the International Women's Fair, <laughs> which is what you attended, yeah. 
it was going on in conjunction with the woodworking fair. Mm. It just so happened that you were there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what is IWF? Why is it a big deal? Who goes to it? And, and was it, uh, apart from you getting sick, obviously, was it worth it to go down there for you? Uh, I'll save that last part. Okay, so the International Woodworking Fair, it's, it's just a massive trade show. Um, you can go there and you can purchase things. You can, most of the stuff that you, if you're going to purchase it there, you're like placing an order and then they'll ship it to you after the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was plenty of vendors there that were selling items. But basically, think everything, the majority of things in woodworking all under one massive, massive roof. Like the scale of this show is so much bigger than what I expected. I mean, I walked around two days, uh, two and a half days I walked around uh, quite a bit and I definitely did not even see everything that was there. Um, Some booths are massive, some booths are very small, down to like 10 by 10 I think is the smallest booth. Um, but what ends up happening is that you'll, you'll be walking down these, these aisleways and there's just so much that it's very easy to get lost, but literally anything you can imagine is there, right? Um, every finish company, uh, lots of major tool companies. Here's what I will say about the show. 85% of it, I would say, 80, maybe 80% wouldn't apply to the typical woodworker in terms of... And why is that? Because I'm not going there to buy a $1,000 machine that goes in a production factory or a $1 million mm-hmm. machine that goes in a production factory. Like when I tell you that some of the... Why not? Some, yeah. <laughs> like there's machines there that are as big as my garage. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of repeat machines, but there's plenty of businesses that are going there to purchase those machines. And so what's cool about it is some of these massive, massive booths, it's almost like it's like a factory, like a warehouse set up inside of this warehouse. Um, Full production lines, robots. I mean, it's really, really, really impressive just how much goes into the setup of this. I mean, like every booth has their own like massive you know, dust collector and duck work, you know, all, all their tools are piped in and the amount of power that this building has to draw is just insane. Um, but again, the majority of those machines I'm not buying with that being said, it's very, very cool to see it. It's very cool to watch. Um, I found that there's so many things that I didn't even know existed. Like, um, it seemed like robotics is really, really, really uh, becoming a big deal. Like like automation <laughs> robotics? Yes. Like robot arms that are like picking up, you know, uh, cabinet doors and running them through a router table instead of a human being. Um, Whoa. Uh, mach- massive machines that you'll see like 10 cabinet doors sitting inside of it and there's automatic sprayers that just keep going back and forth and initiate when they're over the wood. Like it's absolutely nuts Uh, all on a conveyor belt to where you could basically like put all your materials in there. You'll get a perfect finish. It comes out the other end. You take it and you put it on a drying rack. Um, Massive machines that pick up full sheets of plywood and move them to another stack and place them perfectly on a stack. Um, 
uh, robotic you, Sanders. That, I mean, it was just insane. The stuff. Do you think that? And I know that this this will not completely happen because th- there are a lot of hobbyists that that do woodworking. But do you think that this will will turn some craftsmen? And, and I don't mean like ornate craftsmen. I mean just like your general contractors. Do you think that this will turn them into a, a middleman that that could get cut out? Like with with the amount of automation that goes into this, you know, a, a very basic job could can now be done by a, a robot to to a degree, right? Well, I mean, you could probably make that argument for just about anything. But do I think it'll eliminate it, it all together? No. Because you have to think about it, like the only, there's going to be corporations and businesses that are doing those. And these are like massive, large scale businesses. No regular contractor is going to be buying some of the machines that were there. Now, will they eventually probably get things that will make the processes faster? Sure. Um, well, how, how I see it, uh, though, or, or as a possibility, not that I can see this actually happening, but you know, with with the the technology that we have now, just in our pockets with our smartphones, you know, most of our um, smartphones now they have lidar, right? So laser distance um, um, scanning. So I can imagine someone's in a kitchen, they scan their kitchen, and then they go on a website or go through an app, and they build out their kitchen, and it because the the system has all these accurate measurements. <clears throat> it's already now they have these. It's already happening. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, it's now already they have gotta these be robots there. that can. Now they have these robots that can build this to accurate scale. Now you still have to, you know, might have to hire an installer, or or maybe not. Maybe they, you know, figure out a way to that regular Joe Schmo can do it. You know, with that kind of possibility. Um, again, I don't think that it's going to eliminate contractors, but I think it's going to give contractors a run for their money. Oh, of course. I mean, technology is always going to do that. Um, I, there, there's still too much of a need for the actual, you know, people actually going in there and, and doing it. Not to mention, all of this comes with a price, right? So mm-hmm. a, a business that's, that's doing that kind of stuff, like I would imagine that, you know, the whole system itself is, is probably going to be fairly expensive to go through that process where it may not be as expensive. There's always going to be a market for, I think, every price point. But I definitely think that technology is going to drastically change this field in the future. But I don't know. I don't know how much it just might make systems easier for me. But a lot of the stuff that I saw, like there was things, robotic type stuff that I could absolutely put in my shop. Like that little arm that was like doing the stuff on the backside of a router table. It was amazing. I was like, what? It was like on a regular router table and it was this little robotic arm. I'm like. So so what I have seen at IWF since I've been going for almost 30 years. Um, at IWF was never, you could never, it was very hard to get in there if you were a hobbyist. Um, it's designed, it was designed for the professional cabinet maker, furniture builder, you know, um, designers uh, installers and you would have to show your um, uh, business ID to sign up for it and everything Um, but what's happened over the years say and I'm gonna go back to the 90s now don't bust my chops and when I was going there you guys probably weren't born yet 
when I was going oh, there. Oh, come on, Seth. We're not that young. <laughs> when, I was, when I would go there, I would look at, and I'm going to mention a couple things that you guys both have. You know, a lot of people would say, wow, look at those CNCs. Man, but I don't need one of those. But look what's happened. You have a CNC, Jason, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they fit in a shop, and it's affordable. Those were hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, Ben, we used to look at laser engravers when they were out in the 90s. You got mm-hmm. How many of those you got? You got one, right? Yeah, I got a laser, 3D printers, Yeah, shaper. I mean, it's crazy. So what's happened over the years is what you see at IWF is the, is the newest technology. Mm-hmm. And it's it'll filter down where hobby, hobbyists will buy it. Now, I know a lot of hobbyists who attend IWF. And it's, but the gearing is, is there's no major power tool. My, say, Festool, uh, DeWalt's not there. Bosch is not there. Uh, I don't think any of those other power tool companies are there anymore. You port a cable used to have a massive. If they're there, they're with a dealer. Sawstop. Uh, a dealer's brought in product. But Saw- they're not corporately sponsored anymore. And we were the last uh, holdout. And this is the first year we haven't done it. And I don't think we're going to continue to do it because um, – it's great. People would come in there, but it wasn't. It, it didn't add up to anything. I mean, people could see it now, all the latest and greatest on everybody's websites. So the internet has changed a lot. And in Jason, you know how big it is. And you would tell me hall A, hall B. Um, it used to be broken apart where uh, there was other halls, and one whole hall was just uh, hardware. One hall was just finished. And then you would go over to the Georgia Dome, and that's where the big CNC's. So it's a lot smaller than um, when I was looking at floor plans than what it used to be. That, it's that's what blows big, my big, mind is that how big it was, but how much smaller it is than it, than it used mm-hmm. to be. Because that, that's crazy to me. I mean, this hall B and C, they were like combined, and that was yep. massive. Hall A was kind of like an overflow, it seemed like. Yeah, and you remember what I was asking? I asked not just you, but I asked several people who went to IWF. How were the the aisles? Was uh, could you actually walk around? Last year at AWFS, um, I actually took a break to go to the bathroom and I looked around. There was nobody in the aisles. The only busy booth was Festool. Somebody said, "Oh, you guys were really busy." I go, "Yeah, but I think we were the only ones that were busy." There was there was nobody in the aisles. It was dead as a doornail. And I was asking people about the aisles. Could you walk? Because I remember at IWF, you couldn't walk. And then you'd turn, you'd be at the end of a hall, an aisle, and you would look and you'd go, oh, my God, i got to make it down to the other end. But, yeah, that that's definitely one thing that you'd turn a corner and you would get like a glimpse of like where B and C kind of come. It's kind of like an L shape, it seemed like. You'd, you'd mm-hmm. get to a corner and you'd look, and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meters away is the end. And you're like, oh, yeah. my God. God, and you turn around, it's like hundreds of meters. You're just like, what is going on? But I mean, it was busy um, every day. Um, There's definitely other certain booths that were way busier than others. And, you know, you'd have to kind of dodge people every once in a while, but you could walk through the aisles, you know, fairly comfortably. Um, One thing I will say is that I did notice it did seem like there's a lot of people like us that were there. So I don't know if it's shifted. and it is more like content creators no, 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 or no, no. hobbyists like guys like us or people that, you know, have a small business. Um, 
because there there are regular tool companies there this year, like um, not like Dewalt or any of those guys he was talking about, but like Laguna was there, Felder was there, um, machine companies, Saw Stop was there. Um, machinery of course not yeah handheld power tools yeah no i, I didn't see anybody there, right shaper was there they were in, in hall a um they tried to do a thing this year like this influencers booth um hmm. I, I guess that didn't turn out so well i i spent a little bit of time there uh back and forth but a lot of those guys that got that flown out for the uh influencers booth had like hotel rooms and stuff paid i, I paid my whole way to go down there but um, so I didn't have any like commitments to, to going in there, but I went a few times. It was in hall a hall a did kind of seem like the, the least happening hall. Um, it was the smallest, it was the least packed and it almost just seemed like it was overflow. Um, but there was a lot of people at the shaper booth. Um, that was pretty much always busy. Um, a lot of companies that, you know, you may have wanted to see some of their tools like Panto router was there. Um, a lot of off the wall things that you'd like to see at the woodworking show. Right. So the, the, I got asked this a lot is the woodworking show like IWF, the woodworking show is like one, one hundredth of probably less than that of IWF, but with, with less junk. Right, the woodworking show is just full of a bunch of like junk from flea, flea market, flea market stuff. Yeah, like the bargain bin the, stuff. The best booth and best part of the Indianapolis woodworking show, the last time I went was Leather by Dragonfly. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, okay. Speed. Let's talk about that for a second. One thing that Patrick um, Patrick called me on my way down there and said. Um. I want you to scope it out and I want you to give me your honest opinion on if you think that this would be something worthwhile for us to go to later on. What I will say is that I wasn't expecting there to be as many companies that are definitely catered more towards guys like us. You know, the small companies, Titebond was there. Um, I say small, but Titebond's a big company. But the things that you would, I just thought I was going to go there and see a bunch of robots, right? Massive CNC machines. But that was not the case. I mean, Surf Prep was there. Castle was there all these, you know, like six different ductwork companies were there. Um, was, was the OD oil there? No. Was they selling backwards, backwards hats? No. But that passed out. <laughs> if, if, but all those, if they all, were all there, those I didn't companies see them. you mentioned, Surf Prep, all the ductwork, they sell type on, they sell to major cabinet shops. Oh yeah. That's why, that's why they're there. Yeah. They're not there for hobbyists or they're there for the big companies. Yeah. They're, it was, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Oh, Patrick. Um, so they have like a 10 by 10 booth is the smallest. And I want to say the cost for a 10 by 10 booth was like just under $2,000. I did some digging. Uh, 10 by 20 booth is like five grand-ish, somewhere around there. Um, I told him my, my recommendation. I don't think that that's that bad, to be honest with you, for that big of a show. Um, for the amount of days that you're there. I told them I honestly do believe that it would probably be, uh, I think it would be more beneficial than the woodworking show, in my opinion, based off just how many normal people I saw there. You could always tell the big corporations um, and the big shops because they are always hanging around at the really big industrial booths. 
Um, and you can just read their badge, you know, you can see and talk to them and stuff like that. So, um, you kind of get a good idea. You know, you see all the, the Amish people walking around in their groups, like at these massive booths, you know, looking at $50,000 machines. So that price you mentioned for the booth, that doesn't include carpet. That's probably another two or three grand. Electric outlets are about 800 bucks an outlet. Uh, then you, if you want a chair, each chair is four hundred bucks. A table is about a thousand bucks. Yeah, I heard they it, it's rent crazy. everything out then to you gotta, a la carte. Then you got to pay somebody to take it in drayage. That's union, and that's another fist. It's crazy that the, the, what you're saying right now for a booth is just a, the to, for IWF. It's just then you got to hit the union and all the. Oh, it's it's. It's a hundred to two hundred k. Golly, I can't even Easy. imagine. I cannot imagine how expensive. Like Felder's booth, right? Felder did not have. They did not have the biggest booth. They had a big booth, but the amount of tools that they had there, the amount of equipment they set up, the way they built like this stage and this seating area, and I mean, I I was just blown away, and I cannot even imagine. Okay, How so much that you got also got you got to calculate. Okay, all those people in the booth, their salaries. If they're a salesperson, time out of their territory, lack of sales. Okay, all the hotel rooms, all the travel, all the meals. It's crazy, and you, I'll tell you what. There's there's companies that are there a week before mm-hmm. setup crew. Yep. Then the then they bring in the regular crew for demonstration, all the techs, and then they have the breakdown crew coming back for another week. That's three weeks. It is crazy. You know, Styles. I remember Styles used to pay just for their booth a million bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's nuts. But, like it's way bigger than I think most but, people give any consideration to. They write is they write business. Is that they write business? Is that, is it worth it though? Is that is that a drop in the water guess, compared to how much they make from going? Well, guess what? For some of those everybody's companies, everybody's realizing. Maybe. No, no, everybody's realizing, and all these big companies are pulling out. They're all pulling out because they're realizing it's not worth it. They can do business and bring them into their own training facilities or yeah. own facilities now, and they do like like their own um, show. Just like we didn't you, we didn't pay for anything at JLC. This year, we you know, did the, our the own. We thing. did our own thing outside of it, and then we worked not, in a dealer booth. Not to sound too nerdy, but the same thing happened in the in the video game industry. They used to have these huge conventions that happened every year, and once COVID hit, obviously they couldn't do it anymore. And all of these video game publishers and media outlets saw that. Well, we don't have to do it, literally the same thing for the amount of money that they would spend for for media coverage they could get the same thing by engaging social media throughout the year. And so it's, yeah, like, they're like, no, we, we're not going to Yeah, things, I think things, we're already, things are definitely changing. You just, you just mentioned the social media part. Things are definitely changing because I do think a lot of companies are seeing the value of that and what their dollar buys them versus going to one of those shows. Um, but what I would say is if somebody had the opportunity to go and they didn't have to travel a long distance, would it be worth going and checking it out just to see the scale of it? My answer is yes. I How, how much, and if, and, and if you don't mind saying, how much was it for you? Obviously, you had to travel way out of state, so you had to stay there. How much was it for you to go the entire time? I spent, 
for the entire trip, food, drinks, hotel, gas, probably around the $1,300 mark. And, and okay. I drove. So, um, but that, I mean, that's like every meal. That's all the drinks that I had. That's yeah, uh, my, yeah. my hotel alone is probably, you know, $650. So a um, couple hundred bucks on gas, you know, there and back. Would I, would I do that again? No. The only way I would go back uh, personally is if I was invited by a company and, and it was paid for or I was going on behalf uh, of some event or working a booth. I, I would not pay my own way and do that again uh, because if I'm being totally honest, as much as I don't, it, it pains me to say this, do I think that I got my money's worth out of it? No. Um, did I have a fantastic time? Absolutely. I had a great time because I got to hang out with Ronnie and Mike and Rebecca and Keith and Matt and all these great people. But, but you can do that any other time. I could. And I, like, there's nothing you, right. But that yeah. event is what is, was the catalyst, you know, for us to, you know, f- yeah, to bring everybody right. together. So yeah. to me, that was, that was fun. I had a great time there, but what, what I, the way I was looking at it, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that happened while I was down there that I do think were worth it. And one of the biggest ones, uh, two of the biggest ones were getting to meet um, some of these companies that I've either worked for, promoted, dealt with, uh, spoken to via email or phone in person. Uh, And the biggest one for that for me was Felder. I had a very, very good experience um, at the Felder booth uh, two, two of the days. Um, It was just nice to get, to get to meet some of those guys and talk about some ideas moving forward. And, um, I got to meet a couple of great guys from NordFab and the president of NordFab. Um, did get to see some cool tools, but but here's the deal: like my mindset behind that was, oh, I could go down there and possibly, you know, try to align myself with some brands that I want to partner with going into retirement. And what I realized once I got there was all of the brands that. I'm, I'm very interested in, in aligning myself with or uh, continuing to grow the relationship weren't there. So as I walked around, um, you know, I'm like looking, I'm not looking for people to give me sponsored YouTube videos. You know what I mean? If I was looking for that or looking for paid sponsors for the podcast or something else, then yeah, I think I probably could have done a lot, but I'm not looking for these one-off opportunities. I'm looking for a year-long opportunity or 10-year-long opportunity. And all of those companies that, that I want to be with weren't there, right? So um, do I think I really got a lot out of it? No. TSO uh, did have representation there, and I did get to meet with Noah uh, and talk about some things. And that, that was fantastic because they are one of those companies that I already do work with and I do want to have a long-term relationship with. Um, so for the aspect of face-to-face with people, yes, that was that was good. But from a monetary perspective, it's a tough pill to swallow knowing I spent, you know, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars and, you know, didn't leave there with like a solid way forward. You know what I mean? Did you, did you calculate the cost of the bagels? <laughs> of the what? Bagels. That was not on my business account. I couldn't write that off. Damn. All right. So the most important question that I have about IWF is, was Roomba Sander there? Roomba Sander? No, I didn't. I didn't see anything like that. I did see robotic Any, Sanders. Anything? 
But not Roomba Sander. Sander. No, no, did not. Well, then it's a bust for me. I did see a, a direct imitation knockoff Panto router two booths down from the Panto router booth. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was kind of a big deal, actually. Two booths down, a, Ty- a Taiwanese knockoff was set up right next to Panto router's booth. That was interesting. I did see some pretty, you know, cool, useful things, um, like so that you don't said, usually see. I'm good. Like what? Uh, there was like some, you know, single guys that like have some cool inventions, the kind of stuff you'd see at a woodworking show. You you right? were checking out the single guys? Yeah, single guys. So like con- conceptual stuff or stuff that's already being It's produced? already being produced, already on the market. They probably just don't have nearly as many eyeballs um, and their booths are set up. Uh, like I saw this one really cool crown molding uh, jig. And I was watching the guy walk through it. with. Uh, I hung out with Rebecca one morning and she was walking around. It caught her eye and um, I was listening to it and explain it. And I'm like, man, that makes a lot of sense. That's pretty cool. But that's something I've never heard of before. And, you know, it's probably... He probably travels every show that he can possibly get into to, to get his stuff out there more. But um, that's just one small example. But lots, lots and lots of different things. I mean, finishes and the amount of finishes there were, were pretty remarkable, actually. So Seth was saying at the top that, you know, how he could see things that were coming out, you know, 10, 20 years ago that are now much smaller scale, you know, CNC's, lasers and stuff. Was there anything there that you saw, even if it was big scale, that you think if it were at a smaller scale, that it would be useful in a shop? Like, I mean, I, I was thinking earlier how, what if there was a shaper finisher? Like, what, what if there was a, a, you know, it's still a hand operation, but it, it, it you know makes that fan pattern super smooth as you're going down it's it's like a a spray nozzle on a gimbal almost you know uh, honestly um a lot of the robotic stuff i i think you will start you probably will see that in people's shops at some point um that's I, the that's the thing that stands out I to me the most the robotic arms with, with the sanding and all that stuff i mean th- picture ben picture a cnc but it has a sander attached to it and it's doing the work while you're doing something else. Yeah. That's what cats Moses had. And exactly. In those, those were all over the place, but yeah. these things, I mean the level of detail, like ones that were following contours of like a chair and they're all operated oh, wow. off of sensors. Like there'd be this chair and it was right. like inverted upside down and you'd see, and I saw this with finishing too. Um, I saw that. Yeah. You'd see the pads and they, they'll, they're like moving to the contour perfectly of the chair so that I absolutely think that at some point you probably will see something like that. Um, cause again, if, if CNC machines years ago were like, ah, oh, who's going to buy those? I mean, you walked every booth, there was CNC machines. I mean, like there was 20 C- uh, CNC companies there, massive machines and, and affordable for the home shop. Oh yeah. That's the key at the, the cost shop shop bought was the first <clears throat> where they made it available for the small shop. And then I think I saw one in Rockland. I was like blown away going, you got to be kidding me. They were going into home shops and they're affordable. And I was, you know, so way back when I was like, 
who the hell what's going on here yeah and the software got better and easier um so anybody can use it virtual you know i the other one that's revolutionary for me is shaper that thing is amazing and this and the whole thing is is the uh software keeps getting better I think they they just renamed uh, Shaper Labs to Shaper Studio. I think. Yeah, I, I was talking to Sean about that. He was showing me on his iPhone quickly, just opening up his iPhone and like creating something really fast. It was pretty cool. And they just and they debuted the plate there, didn't they? They did the yep. new plate for the hinges and stuff, and they the the videos they got for that, just showing how easy it is to uh, line up on a center line, download from the manufacturer. That's incredible. I will say that's something that I do regret is that I didn't uh, do some hands-on with the shaper while I was there. I wanted to, um, and then I just ended up not doing it for some reason. I didn't spend a lot of time uh, near that booth because what ended up happening the first afternoon I got there, and we kind of just like I met up with the guys on the floor like an hour before it, it shut down, and I kind of just walked a couple of booths that Mike was trying to go to real quick. Uh, hung out with Eric uh, Eric Curtis while Mike was you know networking. Uh, for that last hour and then the next day went out and I kind of just followed a couple other people to their booth that they wanted to go to then I got sidetracked talking to somebody and then we're just walking around BSing and you're not really paying attention and that's kind of what ended up happening and finally on that last day Thursday I was like man I need to go to these booths like on my own and go talk to these people Um, so that's what I did Thursday um, I just went back and hit up Felder and then Nordfab and, you know, a bunch of these other ones. I went and saw Ryan Curtis at Gemini, um, uh, Gemini Coatings. It's a, a Finnish company. And they're from Finland. Who, uh, Gemini? Yeah. You said no. they're a Finnish company. No, oh, yeah, I get it. Finnish. Get it? Finnish. Finland. Mm. Finnish. Finnish. They are not Swedes. They're not Swedes. <laughs> or Finns. The Finns. <laughs> They're a Finnish company. That's but yeah, American. it was it was cool. My, my recommendation is anybody that goes, right? It's a very cool experience. And again, I think you'll be pretty pretty amazed by how, just how big it is. And I stopped by the Tenru booth and I was talking, uh, uh, I was talking to one of their reps. I've been testing out some saw blades and he told me that back in like 1998, it was like what you were talking about with the Georgia Dome. He's like, this is nothing compared to what it was you know, 20, 25 years ago. He said, uh, I can't remember what the company was. It wasn't Styles. It was somebody else. One of those massive companies that has this humongous booth. He was like, their booth was almost this entire, like, bay. They would set up an entire, mm-hmm. like, they would set up a factory inside of here. Yep. Oh, Yeah. And he goes, and everybody else, like everything that was over, or, you know, the Georgia Dome was completely full. This entire Congress Center was completely full. He goes, you would, it would take you days and days and days to walk through everything. He's like, now this is, this is very, very small compared to what it used to be. And it used to run uh, Tuesday through Saturday. And now it's Wednesday through Friday, I think. Uh, it was Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Yeah. I would... What I would what I would uh, recommend if you were going to go, definitely take a very close look at the vendors that are going to be there. Write down all the ones that you want to go to and what booth number they are, and start there. Once you've accomplished that, then start meandering around 
Um, because for me, I'd be walking around and be like, oh, squirrel, X company. And I would go to that booth. And then I would get sidetracked because I'd see down the way another booth. And before you know it, you just made a big circle and you're right back to where you started and you didn't even see the other, you know, nine tenths of the floor. Um, knowing where you need to go and planning an attack and then kind of just putzing around, I think is the, is the better option. Uh, did you go into the Bessie booth? I did not. No. Hmm. I probably should have. Um, but I did not go into the Bessie booth. I'm kind of, I'm still kind of, you know, bummed with, with the, uh, mm-hmm. departure of Danette. Yeah. So she's working, she's working for a travel company. I didn't know she was working for a travel company. I know she's been yep. traveling. <laughs> yep. yep. She, uh, she's working for a travel company. Yeah. So Jason, before, before we close it out, what was the one thing that you saw? that was just the coolest like it just blew your socks off not that it was like you know applicable to anybody just this one technology that you saw you're like holy crap how did someone even think of coming up with this man that's so hard it's i I can't narrow it down to one i'll say three maybe it's not a thing Maybe, maybe it's like um an industry or like you know, like a, a general area of, of technology that was just really cool. If you can't say just one thing. I, I think there was there was three things that I thought were pretty impressive, and it, it was the robotics. I thought that that was very cool. Um, the robotic finishing, I thought that was extremely cool because I can only imagine how wonderful and precise that stuff is. Uh, and then, believe it or not, and I posted about this on Instagram, something I thought was really cool. And I actually think could be a great tool for somebody. Fuji had a virtual reality spray simulator. I saw that. And some of the people commented on it saying how stupid it is. And it would never in a million years make you better and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's ignorant for you to say, because there's a reason why it exists. And that's why virtual reality stuff does. If you're going through the motions, that can translate into the real thing. And so while yes, you're not actually spraying paint, if the parameters are set properly and you're using the same gun, same weight, uh, practicing pulling the trigger, it's all about muscle memory. The the speed in which you uh, move the gun, being able to visually see how the coatings are going on, I absolutely think that that could make you uh, better in that field. It may not make you an expert just because you do that. Like you couldn't do that for 12 hours and then go spray something and it's gonna be perfect. That's stupid, but that doesn't mean it's not going to help with certain aspects. And I thought that that honestly was very, very interesting. And I thought that could actually probably be uh, worked into other tools, right? A virtual, a virtual space where you could be in a shop, standing at a table saw, practicing pushing things through. Um, I don't, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So I, I think that just, that intrigued me. I was like, that could actually help get people more that, comfortable. And I, I think my, uh, my brother-in-law, he teaches at a, at a school. It's not necessarily a high school. It's like an intermediary school, but um, he, he teaches woodshop. And, you know, he says that the first half of the semester, it's about going over safety with, with his classes. And so think about how expedited that process could be if, kids could go home with a, you know, a cheap VR set 
but practice safety in the shop. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's, it's a possible. Really good application. I thought that was cool, Sedge. I'd like to know. So you've been to IWF and probably every other trade show on the planet for the last hundred years. So, what? I, I think you're definitely saying that this is definitely not catered more to people like us. I think it's a cool experience for people like us, but it's definitely not catered to us. I will agree with that 100%. It is a cool experience to maybe go once. Um, what would be, what are some shows that you think are, are more relatable to guys like us? Okay, so... Um Okay, so that, that still to, exists, and that's not an old okay, joke. That's, so I know a lot of them. Have there was stopped. a for all those people out there who are into hand tools like I am. There's one called Woodworking in America, absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. I don't know if it still exists. It used to be in um, Covington, uh, Kentucky, just across the uh, water from uh, Cincinnati. That was an amazing show. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I don't know if it's still going on. The um, the handworks for hand tools. Um, it's in the Amanda Colonies in Iowa. That's put on Benchcrafted. Started it. That's amazing. I've heard. I've been trying to get out there. It was not available for the last two years, and the three years before that, I wanted to go out, but I had other things come up. So that to me is worthwhile. Um, but for us, for the tradesperson, it's designed for contractors, but for people who are in business or not even in business, hobbyists, go walk around. It's phenomenal. You, you, Jason, you were there with us this year. Um, uh, JLC. I love it. It's JLC in Providence, Rhode Island. JLC Live Journal of Light Construction. Yeah, that was fun. But the but the beauty of it is it's a teaching show. The vendors that are there are great. Okay? Um, you see every single building product out there. But you have cl clinics. There's a guy teaching you how to build decks, Mike Gurdon. There's, uh, there was uh, Gary Katz is there. It's now Gary Striegler doing trim. You have um, Sloggett, Mike Sloggett, showing you uh, uh, roughing in. Uh, he'll, he'll do something like a... Um, uh, a barrel ceiling. The guy's amazing. Him and um, uh, Tom. Then you have a guy like Jed, who will build. Who will show you how to loft stairs. Now, as a hobbyist in your building cabinetry and stuff, go because you're going to pick up so many tips and tricks from these people, especially the trim carpentry guys. Yeah, um, it's it's phenomenal. Um, but. You also get to mingle with all the other vendors, like Occidental's there, PLS. Of course, Festool's been there for years and years. I'll always probably be there, but I'll be in somebody's booth representing Festool. Uh, we were in uh, U.S. Tool and Fastena. Uh, quick shout-out to them. They're awesome. Uh, boy, that was a party with those guys at night, weren't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a good time. Woo! Boy, can those boys have fun. I just love that. So for me, uh, I've gone for the last... Uh, 14 years because I missed one in 2020 and that is the best show now there's a JLC out in the Northwest I've never been and I've heard nothing but lame mo 
it's it's lame <laughs> because nobody goes. <laughs> it's, even in the peak years, it, 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 it was so poorly attended. Um, so I heard somebody comment once, New England gets it. <laughs> uh, it's just people will take time out, and it's always in match. So companies from Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, big lumber yards, they fill up buses and bring all their contractors down to it. And I'll tell you what, it is just so much daggone fun. Uh, I really enjoy it as a person working in a booth, at a booth. But also just I ask all the time and everybody who is there to walk the show at an attendee just freaks out. Now, two or three days before, they have clinics or classes for uh, accreditation. Um, uh, They're uh, certifying people in home building practices, you know, HVAC practices, um, uh, all kinds of things. RRP. It's amazing. So it's it's a really cool thing, and JLC is a, a magazine. I don't know who owns it anymore. Journal of Light Construction has traded hands a few times, but it's just a great show. That's a good one. And then the other ones I recommend are a little bit different. And when I say different, I'm not a big The Woodworking Shows fan. <laughs> Those have, Yeah, me neither. Over the years, they've gotten worse. The, and, and boy, I'll tell you what, and... In the '80s, <laughs> the ones in Tampa, the ones that were all the one in Tampa was always killer. It was amazing. I, early '90s, late '80s, early '90s. Absolutely. I heard there was a lot of there's a lot of cocaine in the '80s. That's why. No, 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 no. But it was amazing, uh, and the and it was always packed, and it was it was fun to watch the guys at Incra, fun to war, you know watch the guys at Wood Rat and all those companies. They would just, and it was a selling show, and people would go in and just demonstrate, demonstrate, not just sit. Hey, look, this is our tools. They were demonstrating tools. Go to a show now, and a lot of uh, sales reps just stand there, and our guys are always demonstrating, which is great. Uh, so well, I mean, obviously, it's it's a lost art at this point, you know. Yeah. Like the 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 show I'll imagine. always do and I'll always do a presentation at because they asked me they've already asked me this year I'll always go to Hotville Hardware Show that's a great show great specials and those mm-hmm. are some of the ones where I recommend for hobbyists weekend warriors or enthusiasts I hate the word hobbyist weekend uh, weekend well, enthusiast uh, or weekend warriors I like enthusiasts people who are really enthusiastic about woodworking I'll recommend really big shows like that. F- that a dealer throws yeah okay because it's guess what store full of tools you can buy them right down you, the spot and the thing is is they got killer deals but mm-hmm. they also have people like ernie conover come in and do a turning uh demonstration and then he's in somebody's booth after do you know who ernie conover is he's probably one of the coolest teachers i've ever met in woodworking conover shops mm-hmm. and he's been around forever and just he is an incredible gentleman, and uh, I've known him for years and years, and I consider him a friend. And uh, I was blown away. He was on stage last year, and I was like, "This should be four or five hundred people here. <laughs> it's already goddamn Conover." But uh, there was also another gentleman there, Red Barn. Um, 
he was pouring epoxy. Wicked nice guy. Uh, they got great presenters. They do stage presentations, and then um, then they go and uh, work in their area of uh, where they're uh, who's who brought them in as a sponsor. Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes, as well as pitching some great product ideas for Hans to read in the mid-roll ad. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. I can't tell if Jason's screen is frozen or if he's just been in this <laughs> the same pose I'm, for the last fifteen. While minutes. he while you guys were talking, I'm I'm trying to find a negative comment. <laughs> I had a I had a couple of videos do really well over the past uh, couple of weeks, so I've I have tons of comments that I haven't responded to. So it was taking me a while to to find them. But that actually brings something up. One of the things uh, people I did get to meet in person at the show was uh, the owner of. Uh, carbon method and we talked about some some things that he wants to release and some other pretty cool stuff in the future so that was that was actually another highlight of the trip good guy he ended up getting covid as well unfortunately damn um well, let's 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 jump into the into the comments in the, the get bent segment because uh i'm just going to do I one can, tonight yeah i'm going to do one tonight so i can get up yeah. to upstairs to leo uh, I'm waiting for somebody. It is. It's. It's time for the get bent, but <laughs> we take it easy on him because he's a little under the weather. So, get bent, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your hatreds. Yeah, I have. I have so many. It's, so many comments. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, that carbon coat video is is really taken off. Um. So this person. This is from the actual. Uh, latest video that I did, which was the uh, Incra fence. This person states, kind of a worthless item. Just learn to work precision-based and boom, save that cash. <laughs> and boom. And then and somebody boom. responded and says, takes longer to work precision-based than will probably save people hours per project. Time is money, especially if you're doing jobs or or other people. This guy responds to that comment and says, as a professional cabinet maker slash shop, these things are such a waste of money. There is almost nothing that these add to your capabilities. Okay, dude. Sorry. I forgot. Everybody out there is an expert and a professional and has to talk about it. Oh, oh, professional cabinet maker. He built his mom's kitchen. Yeah. I just love the argument. So I, said you haven't oh, you haven't been over here since uh hopefully you can come uh, down saturday or sunday you know pending everything's good and, and finally get to meet max uh but, god i can't believe that i was thinking about that i know tonight. um but to see the uh to see the this table saw fence uh, i mean it's it's really great but why would you argue the 100 percent guaranteed repeatability of a of an item like why would you argue that how how would that not be beneficial to everybody you know what I mean? Like some people are just so stupid. It's like, sorry, you can't afford it. Don't take it out on us. But I will tell you, you get a lot of views on that video. That one started off really, really good when I released it. And then it kind of just shut down. Don't know why. But uh, the carbon method one, that 
<laughs> that one kind of was like this and it went <laughs> skyrocket. I just got, I just noticed uh, Big D posted a reel uh, a week ago on our Instagram account. It's got a million views. Nice. Dang. I was blown away, on, man. On Sedge Tool? On Sedge Tool, man. I was blown away. That's awesome. That's awesome. You just need to awesome. get like five we, more of we them. Got two, we got two followers from it. Yeah, right. You probably got way more than that. <laughs> Jason, I have a product idea. Okay. Shop flops. Shop flops. I like it. You're going to 3D print them? I, th- I think that it should be like um, like armored flops. Yeah. Like steel steel, steel in-between-toe flops. Yeah, <laughs> in-between-toe. I like that. All right, everybody. This has been episode 53 of the Green Series Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen or watch if you're on Patreon. Woo! And um, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.